Good morning. Morning. I want to welcome you all to uh, Faith Builders and the home builders that have joined us. We're uh, glad to have you with us. Um, I'm John Schroeder. For those of you who don't know me, um, we've been part of Lakeside now about 12 years, and I've had the uh, privilege and honor to serve in the military 23 years as a chaplain, just retiring next month. And by the way, you're all invited to our come-and-go reception next Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4. I wanted to personally let you know that. Our oldest son, who's in the Air Force, a tech sergeant, he's flying in Monday uh, to be with us so the whole family can be together. So it's always uh, nice to have everybody together. But... Um, this morning, and I got to get used to this uh, table here that we're using. It's wobbly and it's flat, so it's it's uh, two things there. That's an adjustment for me. <laughs> I think we'll all kind of get used to that from time to time. For our study this morning, I just wanted to begin the words to a song. I'm not going to sing it, but "Great is Thy Faithfulness." Um, just mean a lot, and what we're going to look at uh, from Scripture ties in with this, but here's what it says, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee, thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not, as thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. A few weeks ago, Carol and I traveled to Nashville for my retirement ceremony. And it was a great memory, but difficult in saying farewell to soldiers that I've had the privilege to get to know. And not only them, but the other soldiers over the past 23 years. As I uh, took time to reflect on my career as a chaplain, I have been reminded again of the faithfulness of God uh, to Carol and myself and our family <clears throat> over this time period. Two events I was kind of thinking about of God's faithfulness came to mind. The first one, I don't think I've shared with too many people, but when I was active duty, one of our duties was to go to Panama and do jungle training. And when we were there, we were by the Panama Canal, and our XO, that's the second person in charge, he said, we're all going to go out tomorrow. We're going to get on this 20-foot platform, concrete platform. We're going to dive in to the Panama Canal with our uniforms. Well, when I was young, I almost drowned twice at summer camp. And so that kind of instilled in me a little bit of fear that so I went to the commander and I said, sir, you know, I don't know about this. This is, XO says that uh, he's ordering us to do that. But, you know, I have a lot of drawbacks about diving in. And they said, well, there'll be divers at the bottom. I said, well, that's not going to help me much <laughs> getting off the 20-foot uh concrete platform, and he said, well, you don't have to do it, but uh, just think about it. And so I was up about all night praying about it, saying, Lord, you know, you brought me into the military, and here's a first challenge here, and I don't know about tomorrow morning, you know, in uniform, diving down. Uh, and uh, 
So I kind of wrestled with that all night, and then the morning came, and we all were up on that platform, and I was like third or fourth in line there, and they kept reassuring me there'll be divers down there, and the sharks that they had seen earlier, they've all swam away, and so it'll be fine. They'll make sure you come back up. So next morning, the line kept going up, and I got to the end of that platform, and I was praying really hard, and I jumped off. And I'm thankful God's faithfulness. I did come back up, and the scuba divers said I scratched a couple of them coming up. And I said, well, I'm going to make sure I got back up to the top in one piece, especially with the sharks that were no longer there. I thought might be still in the area. That was one incident in my life uh, in the military that I'm thankful for God's faithfulness. And the other happened in October 30, 2004, most of you know. Uh, Carol and I were involved in a head-on car accident, and uh, a young man on uh, crack cocaine uh, was driving 100 miles an hour on Betty Lane, approaching Drew, and being chased by Clearwater Police, and he went out of control over there's some tracks there. He went out of control, and we were coming the other way, and he hit us head-on, and uh I know God's faithfulness in that. The airbags deployed. Um, we smelled smoke, so we were scrambling out. Carol's side of the car was all crushed, so she had to come across, and we got out my side. And I remember just thanking God for his faithfulness to see us through there, because when the Bayfront group came up, they wanted to air her back because they thought Carol had internal injuries. I remember waiting there on the side, and... Just thankful for God's faithfulness because when they said they came on the scene, they thought they'd find us in the trunk dead because they said you can't take that kind of impact and come through. But God was faithful and God uh, saw us through that time. So those two things came to mind. And so God has directed me this morning to focus on God's faithfulness to all of us. So if you join with me in Second Timothy chapter 4, we're just going to look at a couple of verses, but I believe here is Paul's getting to the end of his life, not retirement, but for his time here on this earth. And Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 17 and 18 is what we're going to look at this morning. But here we see two reflections of God's faithfulness, not only to Paul, but to us as well. Second Timothy four seventeen and 18, if you'd follow with me. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me in order that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's uh, pause for a word of prayer before we look at God's Word. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for your faithfulness. Father, we stray from you so often. We fall short of what we should be and what we should be following through your Word and in our daily lives. But Father, you're, you're so patient with us. and We're thankful for that this morning. I pray, Father, you would encourage us through your Word, through the life of Paul, how you were faithful to him, reflecting on how faithful you are to each one of us. 
And we just take time to, to look back at our lives and thank you that you're always there for us. I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit would teach us this morning through these verses, through your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Timothy 4. First of all, we want to look a little bit at the context. And we look at verse 16. Paul's saying here he's getting toward the end of his life. He's in prison. He's going to court. And then he says in verse 16, At my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. Here's Paul asking God to forgive those who had deserted him while he's coming up in the courtroom, a Roman courtroom, at his first hearing. The same forgiveness Stephen had in Acts 7.60 as he was being stoned to death, where it says, Then falling on his knees, Stephen cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Or Jesus, as he was being crucified in Luke 23.34, but Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Here, Paul, even though nobody stood with him in this courtroom, He's saying, God, don't hold it against them. That's the forgiveness we should have as well. Now we get to our first reflection of God's faithfulness in verse 17. And that is God's faithfulness in our past. Again, verse 17. But the Lord stood with me. That first word, but, I like that. Everybody deserted him in verse 16. Nobody stood with him. But in verse 17, but there's a change, and the change is a big one. If he stood in that Roman courtroom, no one else standing there with him physically, the Lord says, but the Lord. But the Lord made the difference. The King of kings, Lord of lords, our Creator and Savior make a difference because Paul stood in that courtroom before those who could sentence him to death, no one else standing with him, but the Lord is there with him. Someday we need to ask Peter in Acts 12 on death row. Remember when he was going to be killed the next morning and they were praying for Peter. And remember that whole incident and they had to wake up Peter. He was sleeping so soundly and the angel had to wake him up and say, Peter, get up. Why was he sleeping soundly? But the Lord, the Lord was with him. And he knew that. Even if the next morning he would be executed, he knew the Lord was with him. Someday to ask Daniel facing the lion's den, he had no idea he would survive that. But God was there with him. He sent an angel. Many believe uh, Jesus Christ was there with him in the lion's den. And they didn't bother him all that night. What a testimony to the king the next morning. Or Nehemiah, Nehemiah 6, 9, when he cried out for God, strengthen my hands. He was getting ridiculed, criticized, false rumors being spread that he was causing a revolt. And then he just says, God, help me. Strengthen my hands. I don't know what to do. But the Lord, the power of remembering that. Even when it seems like nobody's there Standing with us, we need to remember here, but the Lord. The Lord makes a difference. The Lord in Paul's past, namely his first hearing in a Roman courtroom, 
did two outstanding things for Paul and by application for us. It says first here in verse 17, but the Lord stood with me. The Lord stood with me. Literally, that means to come up to assist. What a beautiful picture here. Jesus standing there by Paul as he was in that courtroom. A courtroom again that could sentence him to death. But there the Lord was standing with him. Many examples in the Bible how the Lord has stood with Paul and with us. Daniel 3, we have the story Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who was standing with them in the furnace. And the furnace was heated up and yet the king was looking in ready to see them burn and he saw Jesus there standing in there with them, protecting them. Moses in Exodus 3. Remember Moses says, how am I going to do this, Lord? You want me to lead the people out of Egypt, out of bondage. And he says, you just tell them I am has sent you. God has sent you to lead the people and they will follow. I remember how God stood with me as a a new chaplain in the infantry, being at Fort Hunter Liggett. We were there every other month, I think. Uh, Active duty, they loved to take us out there for training and we did all our training at night. I remember Corporal Gregory, he was driving the vehicle and it was at night and you got to wear these funny looking nods on your eyes and if the battery starts getting bad, you're in trouble. You can't see anything. But as long as the battery's good, you can see pretty good at night. We were driving along and all of a sudden I said, Corporal Gregory, stop! We were driving and I couldn't see the road any further. We got out of the vehicle and looked. We were about two feet from the edge of a cliff. Believe me, God is faithful. God's watching over to all those close calls. God's watching over every step that we take. Just how He's doing with Paul, how He does in our lives, how He's done in my life. We take that for granted, I believe, at times, that God is faithful, but yet He's always there. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will always be there with you. I will be faithful. Second thing it says here that the Lord strengthened Paul. Do we ever need strength? Or we just feel so weak and wiped out or so overloaded at times. You say like Nehemiah, Lord, strengthen my hands. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. The Lord says, "Your turn, turn to me. I won't let you down. I'm here for you. Paul speaks of this uh, strengthening, speaks of making strong, of God pouring his strength into the Apostle Paul as he stood in that courtroom by himself, but with God with him. We have the promise of Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Who's more powerful than God? No one. And so when he says he will strengthen us, he will strengthen us. Paul often shared the gospel with hostile groups who violently rejected what he was sharing. One example in Acts 14, you remember the religious leaders stirred up the mob as as Paul was sharing the gospel and they began to stone him and they beat him up and they left him at the gate of the city and thought he was dead. But the Lord provided Dr. Luke 
to patch him up so he could get up and go to the next city that God had called him to go to. God has that all worked out. And I think that's the amazing thing when we look at God's faithfulness. God doesn't want us running ahead of him. God doesn't want us saying, God bless my plan. He says, I want you to take the next step with me. And that's it. The next step. And you say, well, what about eight steps down the line? Will that door be open? God says, next step. Trust me for the next step. And when you get to that eighth step, it'll be according to his will and we're following him. It will be God's timing to open that door or to keep that door closed. God's timing is so important, I believe, in our lives. God stood by and strengthened Paul in the past as he has strengthened us in the past. Strengthened us to testify of our faith when it would be easier to keep silent. To speak up at our jobs appropriately, in our neighborhoods, in our homes. God strengthens us with his wisdom, his discernment. Do we need discernment in the world around us? Believe me, we do. As we get bombarded with everything that says, forget God, don't trust God, look everywhere but God. But we need God's discernment, His wisdom, His Word, His courage to walk away from that gossip or the dirty joke. And I was just talking with a couple of people last week about our testimony. When we walk in a room, do others say, come on, let me tell you this joke? Or do they say, "Uh uh-oh, so-and-so's here, we better watch what we're saying. That, in a sense, is a little bit of whether people are seeing Christ in our lives and what the Bible teaches about those kind of things as how they react when we walk into a situation. The occasion of this trial gave Paul an opportunity to proclaim the message of Christ. Here he is in the courtroom. There's these great judges and leaders sitting there, and he gets an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Honestly, if we were in the courtroom... In Paul's place, would we have done the same thing? That I want to tell you about Jesus Christ who will change your life forever. And they're sitting there like, whoa, you know, we could, we could have you killed instantly. We could sentence you to death. And yet, Paul has that strength from God to speak up and share the gospel with those in the courtroom. There were also crowds of Gentiles who were in attendance at Paul's trial. And so Paul's using this as an opportunity to be a witness, to testify. He's turning it around where humanly he's saying, man, I'm standing here alone, but the Lord, he's here. I can put my trust in him and he won't let me down. Verse 17 continues. It says, and I was delivered out of the lion's mouth. As soon as we read that, we think, well, the lion's den, Daniel and the lion's den. But really, the the phrase that's used here, it's a common expression meaning God delivered Paul out of great danger. Today, we might call those the close calls. Uh, Driving sometimes on 19 can be challenging or 275. And we call those a close call. Somebody cuts in. Somebody doesn't signal, and I've shared with this class before, I sometimes struggle on the road, not road rage, but I I get a little upset that some maybe didn't read the same driver's manual that I did 
when I took the class. I, don't, I know none of you struggle with that. But when people cut in front of you and, and they uh, turn signal, I think most cars have those. And a lot of people don't use them. But I have my uh, lovely wife who will say, now remember, hon, you, you want them to use it, you got to remember to always use it. So sometimes I've got to be reminded of that as well. But all those little things can add up in our daily lives. But God continues to deliver us out of those close calls. I recall uh, the L.A. riots in May of 92. Maybe some of you weren't even born then, but I can still remember that. And I remember walking down the streets with my commander and all that was taking place with Rodney King and and the uh, looting and all of the Martin Luther King shopping center walking down the streets with the commander. And we were going to look at our troops. We were going to go down and visit one of our companies that was about two blocks away. And all of a sudden, as we were walking along, <laughs> we had about four or five MPs, that's military police, running after saying, Sir, sir, stop. We have to give you an escort. <laughs> now, I'll never forget my commander, Colonel Glass. He turned around and he says, I got the chaplain with me, and I got my 9 millimeter, but I knew it wasn't loaded. But he goes, we're all right. And he said, no, no, we have, we have to escort you. Well, that's when they had all those uh, little beetle van kind of things driving by with all the codes and all that. And we were in the middle of gang territory in Watts. And, uh, but I, I know God was with me during that time. And a lot of soldiers really looked at their spiritual lives. Some came to know the Lord. Some rededicated their lives and said, you know, what if my life would end today? Where would I be for eternity? There was imminent danger. I remember some one of the blood gang leader coming up to the fence. He said, Chaplain, come over here. He had like a six-foot fence. That's not very high, and it was one of those see-through. It wasn't concrete or anything. He said, Chaplain, I want to talk to you. He had one a trench coat on. This is in May. And I thought, that's a little suspicious. It's not that cold out here. But he said, I want to talk to you. He goes, Chaplain, he says, we have nothing against the Army, but if you guys stay in our territory... Too much longer. We're going to have to do something because you're on our turf. And then he opened up his coat and there was a Uzi hanging down there. And it looked pretty loaded, I think. I think there was something in it. But you know, I knew God was there with me. I knew that if my life ended at that moment, I'd be in heaven. And what more can we look forward to? God is faithful in our lives day to day. We have to trust Him. we got to take that next step saying, God, I trust you that you know where my foot's going to come down. I don't need to know. You've asked me to raise my foot, and you will put it down where it needs to go down. So we've all had those close calls in our lives. And I always look at the life of a man and talked about in Genesis 5, a man named Enoch. His whole life, it says, Enoch walked with God. And then it says, one day, Enoch was walking with God, and God took him. He just stepped up into heaven. I can't think of a more promising legacy to leave is where they could look at our lives and say, and I know that that man or woman walked with God. That, that to me, should be the goal of all of our lives, that we walk with God a day at a time. A second reflection of God's faithfulness recorded in verse 18, and that is God's faithfulness in our future. 
says the Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That word will looks to the future that God has been faithful in our past and he's going to be faithful in our future. We have that Old Testament mirror, Psalm 121.7, The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. There's one song that the words that when we were at Fort Ord, when I was active duty from 90 to 93, that has meant a lot to us. And I'll just read a little bit of, I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine or its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. That's what it is. Trust God for the day. God is eternal. He's already in our tomorrow. If we're here on this earth, He's already taken care of tomorrow. He knows that every day, every minute, every hour, we're going to be on this earth. And when our time is up, we'll be up with Him. Forever. So we have to trust Him for today. It says also in Matthew 5, today has enough troubles of its own, doesn't it? I'll say amen to that. How many have it made? No troubles, no challenges. Every day just so smooth. We never had trials. Where would be the need to trust and have faith in God? It's amazing to see how God works things out. And you know, sometimes he doesn't work it out the way we think. Isn't that great? Surprises us. Every day is an adventure. I told uh, one deputy this last week, I said, you know, the neat thing about working at the jail is every day is different. It's not boring. I can have three or four things planned in the morning, and by 9.30, the whole day's changed. And that's okay. It's an adventure. It's fun. It's not boring. It's not always do the same thing every day. Every inmate I meet is different. They're not one, one of them or two of them that are alike. So I never know what I'm going to run into. When I do a death notification, I don't know if there's going to be a chair thrown over my head. I don't know if this guy is going to go on a rampage. When the family warns and says, well, I don't know how he's going to take it, then we're really apprehensive. We say, I need two deputies standing over here uh, just in case. But it's the ones that they don't warn us about that go off and go ballistic and all that. But you know, God's in there with me. And again, God knows his timing. God knows if, well, John, that chair might hit you this time. But God's going to take care of me. God's going to watch over me. And what's the worst that can happen? That our time on this earth is finished and we're with the Lord. Heaven's going to be, you just got a book from John MacArthur about heaven. Just got in the mail this last week starting to read. Uh, about heaven, looking forward to heaven and, and all that's going to be there. We have no idea. God of the universe has provided heaven for us to be with him forever. So verse 18, God's faithfulness in our future, he will be there. He's not going to let us down. And I, that's great to know. But some days seem to never end. Amen? Ever get those days or am I the only one? Say, man, is it only 2 o'clock? It should be 6 o'clock. 
or the morning sometimes, you know, man, it's only 9.30, it should be noon at least. We get those days, but God's there with us. God keeps us from all evil because if He didn't, evil would consume us. There's a lot of it around and it's getting worse. But God is greater. Great to know that we're under God's watchful eye wherever we are, whatever we're doing. God will deliver Paul and us to literally draw us out of harm's way. God not only delivers or pulls us out of harm's way, but preserves us for His heavenly kingdom. That'd be a great day when we're in heaven for eternity. As believers, we're one day closer to that day when we walk through heaven's gates. Today, we're one day closer when we look back on today. Words to a song that has touched my heart, and I know I'm given a lot of lyrics from different songs, but this one, written by Laura Story, and many of you maybe know the story, but she wrote a song called Blessings. I hope I can read it, because it's very convicting to me. She went through two years with her husband with a brain tumor and wrote this song. We pray for blessings. We pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. All the while you hear each spoken need, yet love us way too much to give us lesser things. Because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? When friends betray us, when darkness seems to win, we know that pain reminds this heart that this is not, this is not our home. It's not our home. Because what if blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? And what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? And so I, I don't know if, about you, but when I hear some of the backgrounds to some of the songs that are written, when I hear that again, that reflects on, wow, you know, that person went through all that with her husband for two years, and she could write this. A thousand nights sometimes is what it takes to draw us near to Him. That, that's hard. That's so true, isn't it? God will do what it takes to draw us closer to Him because that's where we're going to have the greatest blessings in life is knowing God is with us. He's faithful. He'll never let us down. Paul, nearing the end of his life on earth, will soon be standing in a Roman court, possibly to be sentenced to death, and he's ready to hear Jesus and hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Are we ready today? Powerful promise of 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Our Lamentations 3.22-23, we know. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We take time every day to just thank God that He's there. 
to say in the morning, God, I don't know how I could do it in life not knowing you're with me. I don't know how people get through things in life not knowing the Lord. I don't know how they make it. The hardest funerals to do in the military and as a pastor earlier in life, the hardest ones are to do are, are those that aren't saved. That ones that pass away and are not saved. All you can do is share the gospel with those who are there who still have a chance, still can make that decision. But the one that's passed away, to know they're in eternity in hell, that, that's where they're going to be. That's very hard. And I know all of us have those in our families that we're praying for that the Lord will save them. I prayed for my aunt 18 years. And finally, I remember the day when she said she had accepted Christ as her personal Savior. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep praying. End of verse 18 echoes what we should be doing today and every day we're here on this earth as we contemplate what God's faithfulness in the past and in the future. Paul here at the end of verse 18, he says, To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is reflecting how nobody stood with him in the courtroom but the Lord. And the Lord strengthened him and the Lord stood with him. And he stood with him there and he knows he's going to stand with him in the future until someday he walks through heaven's gate. Here, verse 18, but Paul's saying, praise God. He breaks out in a doxology. Praise the Lord that you are faithful. You've never let me down in life. That's what we should be doing every day with our life. Live each day as if it's our last day on this earth. It could be. We don't know. God knows. And God will walk with us through today. Do we break out in doxology at the end of the day and say, thank you, God, for getting me through the day. And if you want me here tomorrow, I know you'll wake me up here on this earth. And if you don't, I'll be in your presence. Either way, it's okay. This is Paul. This is what he's sharing to encourage us. Praise God. Bring glory to Him while we're here on this earth so that others look at us and say, I see something different instead of saying, I see you're like everybody else. God should make a difference in our life. And that's from that daily walk. That's from that confidence to know God is faithful every day in everything that comes into our lives. And again, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. God's faithfulness toward Paul and us is reflected in our past and our future and even right now. You know, God's faithful to us right now. He's right here as we're opening His Word. That we have the opportunity, and this may not be true down the line. We may be persecuted for our faith in our own country. And it hurts my heart, especially getting ready to retire from the military. It hurts my heart that to say, you know, we're one nation under God anymore, no, it's not true. We need to get back to God as a country. God has blessed our nation in so many ways. He's been faithful to the United States. We've gotten way more than we deserve. When we think of all the freedoms we enjoy, and it doesn't take visiting too many countries where those freedoms aren't there, to say, God, you've really blessed America in many, many ways. 
And if the day should come that we'll be persecuted, we can stand. We can know God is standing with us. He's going to strengthen us like he did Paul in that courtroom. When no one else physically was standing with him, God was there. But the Lord was there with him. Based on God's faithfulness to us, we need to ask, how faithful are we to God? Again, you know, when we walk into an area, do they continue on with their stories and say, hey, John, come over here. We, we know you like these. Or do they say, uh-oh, chaplain's here. Well, we better watch what we're saying. And I used to think, well, why? You know, that kind of bothered me. And I thought, no, no, it doesn't bother me because maybe they're seeing one little thing of, of Christ that it does bother them. And if what it takes to bring them to Christ and the Lord's going to save them through something that we, all of us, whatever place we're at, that they see something different in our life instead of the way of the world. Praise God. That's what Paul was doing. He was in a courtroom sharing the gospel with those who could say, you're condemned to death. That takes a lot of courage. And it's not always easy to speak up, but we know when the opportunities are there because every morning God has set up divine appointments for each one of us, wherever we're at. And He will give us the words to say and He will give us the Scripture that we can memorize and store up here so when we share, we can share what God's hidden in our heart that we might not sin against Him. Are we reflecting on God's faithfulness like Paul as he faced that courtroom? Knowing God's faithfulness to Paul and us, will that make a difference in our walk with God today and tomorrow? It should. It should encourage us that God is right here beside us. But the Lord, the Lord who created us, who created this universe. In Awana, we've been going with the sparks, going through uh, creation, seeing God in creation. Just the things that he's created for us. How often do we stop and say, God, thank you for creating this tree. Thank you for this grass here that I can enjoy and that flower. Do we take time to do that? Or, oh, I'm too big a hurry. We need to slow down and thank God for the creation He's given us. Because it all cries out how great our God is and that He will always be faithful to us. I'd like for everyone to just bow their heads for just a moment. Close your eyes. God, the Holy Spirit, I know, teaches us through His Word. And I just uh, count it such a privilege to share the Bible with with all of us here because it's a challenge to me to look at my own life and say, am I as faithful as I should be to God? I know He's always faithful to me. Their heads are bad, eyes closed. If you need prayer this week, I don't need to know details. I just promise to pray for you because God knows the details and that's what counts. If anybody need prayer this week about something, thank you. Lord bless 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 you. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thankful, Lord, that you are faithful. That we can have one of those days and not know what to do and we can say as recorded here, but the Lord. You make the difference. May that be shown in our lives to 
those lives that we come in contact with at our work, at home, in church, our neighborhood. When we're getting uh, bawled out from a neighbor for the grass being too tall, that we take that as, as in grace and, and acceptance and humbleness to try to be a good witness to those around us. Father, help us to be faithful in our walk with you, to take today as a gift from you, to walk with you one step at a time. May our trust be totally in you today and every day you give us here on this earth. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. I've got a few minutes at the table if you have any final requests. And thank you for allowing me to teach this morning. Bless you all.